Coming up, Heart of Mind, Radio for the New Millennium. Heart of Mind, Radio for the New Millennium. And I am Catherine Davis, host of this program. And Heart of Mind, I would say, is an eclectic program. We cover things regarding the spirit and spirituality. And I would say that that is the primary driving force, though it is not always the focus of what we discuss because I am one who understands the engagement with worldly activities, with family, and with life. And I had an interesting conversation with one of my colleagues at the We the World Network. You can find it at we.net. But we're in a um, effort to bring about true change in the world, experiential change in the world. And it's very encouraging to be able to interact and interface with people all over the world that are making their efforts. One might not think that they are huge efforts, but I don't think it requires something huge to have an impact, especially locally. And so just a in the last couple of weeks, I've been speaking, I was speaking to someone who lives in England, an Arab woman, I'm not sure of her heritage in terms of country but um, and I've been speaking to people who live in various countries on the African continent and people who are spread out across the United States and 
you know, so there are people coming in from Canada, South America, from Europe, from the Middle East, from the African continent. And I'm beginning to see that there are all of these people planting seeds, making it possible for change to happen on the ground. And when I say on the ground, I mean the ground of our body, the ground of our family, the ground of our community, but also the collective of all of humanity have a certain grounding that we can tap into when we bring something transformative, something positive, something with good intention to the table. And by our individual actions, we can at least gather the attention of others within our perspective areas and begin to attract to us those people who are out there in their lives wanting to make change but in some ways feeling stuck or powerless. And it's something that I would recommend to everyone is to find a space, a place, a group, or some resource within yourself to continue with your life journey in a way that is constructive and restorative. And, of course, there are things we can do for our individual being, but there are things that we can do that have a positive impact, and many do. And we have to begin to honor those impacts that we're making and understand that even if we don't see it reported on the news or we don't see it being appreciated on a larger scale, to understand that when we bring an act of kindness or forgiveness or comprehension of another person's perspective that we are building up all of these seeds that are being planted and we are again planting our own seeds into the reality that encompasses all of us and we as a hum human society and I'm looking at with all the confusions and the politics and the conflicts. When you look at what's happening in the world, we can see how it's not the individual civilizational level folks who are creating this dynamic. But we do have to come to an understanding that just as we are working towards propagating goodness and health and well-being, that there are also individuals who are propagating the opposite. 
And because our system is largely based on economics, then it becomes a bit of a lopsided power base because those who have resources can manufacture and control more resources of communication, resources that are fundamental to life, food and energy, resources that are able to control the education and the media, to all replicate those narratives that are beneficial to our system, which is largely one that values worth, dollar worth, or whatever you call your currency in, in different countries. It's about that monetary currency is where all the value is placed. And we as people in these countries are very much siloed into different forms of ideologies that in many ways don't have anything to do with the truth of well-being or the truth of peacemaking. It has to do with siphoning off our energetic resources, our capacity to engage into channels towards conflict so that rather than having a baseline group of people that are mingling with each other on, um, on, a, on a realm that really is concerned about everyone's well-being, we are channeled into a narrative that will expect us to um, confront each other on various details of ourselves, of our past, of our potential futures, always finding ourselves in conflict with other people who are essentially as powerless in this construct as we are. And so these conflicts are really serving the echelon that is entrenched at the current time. I don't consider this to be a permanent situation. It doesn't have to be. But it, it does give us something to consider when we engage in our... I don't want to say conflict because it is it really a conflict if it's based on um, untruths, distorted perceptions. I guess it is a conflict, but it's not um, it doesn't seem as true as if it were you know one person attacking another person and getting into physical battle or battle of words. So I just think that it's something for all of us to consider as we're listening to people um, spew out whatever whatever 
rhetoric they may have adopted as their philosophy. And it's interesting in that I was watching TikTok. Well, actually, I don't own a TikTok account. I was looking at compilations on YouTube. And I found it to be very interesting. I hadn't paid attention to it before. But I could understand how people can become addicted to it because you are able to unmask and in many ways just put anything out there, whether it's real or imagined or distorted. And then you have a cadre of people who chime in and break it down or attack the person or it's just an interesting environment and recently there was a campaign by some of the participants call and they started a campaign called um, follow the black women follow train I think is what it's called and it invites black women who are engaging in TikTok to support each other in whatever it is that they're bringing forth. So it isn't so much um, a form of political ideology. I would say that it's more about economics. It's about social support. It's about sharing perspectives and actually is quite a beautiful idea and it seems to be working because on TikTok, so it seems, the al algorithms rule. And what some of these women were explaining is that it's very difficult due to the algorithm for them to make these connections and networking with each other because the algorithm is going to favor the dominant society, the dominant class, and the dominant race breakdowns. So if you go into TikTok and want to look up hairstyles, or how, you'll only get one category of hairstyles. Or if you want to find out anything, dating, fashion, politics, the algorithm suppresses those um, content creators who happen to be black women and probably other groups as well because it focuses on the dominant. And so what had been occurring prior to this is that these young uh, creators would get online and they'd create dance moves, they'd create different poetry and spoken word or rapping and all of this creativity. They were creating products and they were really struggling to be able to enrich themselves and make those connections to people who would genuinely want to support them. So they started this phenomena called the black women follow train so that they would support each other and as a consequence there were people who were struggling with you know maybe 
100, 200 followers and supporters of their endeavors. And through this um, campaign, we're able to make the connection to each other and we're able to lift their followings to um, the thousands, two, three thousand, nine thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand um, within their collection. And, um, you know, of followers, I suppose. And it was really interesting because I started looking at some of the responses and the kind of impact that it made on each other's lives. And there was a a young woman who was had lost her employment, I don't know how, but lost her home, I don't know how, was living in a space, I don't know where. But she had set up um, all of her creative art, uh, um, art pieces, and she was... Um, building up, um, she was hand creating head wraps or uh, caps or something, something that was widely used by other black women. And she was in tears over the fact that this phenomena had been able to really pull her out of this kind of depth of despair and hopelessness and working hard, trying to build something, but really, really struggling. And to me, this was an example of the kind of things that we can begin to support each other in. I'm not saying that everybody should jump on TikTok. I probably won't. It's very time-consuming. But wherever we are, wherever and whatever our venue is, I think that it's important to collaborate and uplift those of us who are in some fashion you know just eking it out struggling along trying to make their way and support each other so that we can build amongst those of us who resonate with each other on whatever theme it might be it might be women's issues it might be children's issues it might be racial issues, it might be political issues, but that we begin to recognize that there is a need to sustain each other on a deeper level and for more potent reasons than whether or not we agree on everything. So I'm using the example of the Black uh, Women Follow Train as something that people can do within their particular communities to be able to really help and sustain at a deeper level than just pontificating on ideas and ideologies and comparing belief systems and judging each other's belief systems, but to begin to recognize that we need to sustain ourselves and each other on a very deep human spiritual level. And of course, there's always going to be those folks who are going to be contrary and who are going to attack and who are going to try to destroy what other people create. That rather than being distracted into that engagement of destruction, destruction, 
that we just leave it alone and just let people in their own heads and in their projection of their own words based on whatever distortions they wish to or find themselves promoting. Let them isolate themselves in that toxicity and not engage so much that toxicity fighting back and forth trying to convince someone that they're wrong when in fact that is not their issue their issue falls into the category of that mindset of manipulation and control and the destruction of positive efforts rather than be able to compete on a level playing field there are many people that will try to destroy what you are building and this could be in all areas I'm only speaking from the area which I'm familiar which is that as living a life on earth in a woman's body with brown skin that's my lens so when I speak about life from the lens of a woman with brown skin, it doesn't have any implication for a woman with white skin or a woman with tan skin or a woman with red skin. We each have our own vantage points. And so the idea is to respect the other person's view, to respect what they need to do in their lives and in their communities and not be offended by not being included in that kind of endeavor. And if you, if we do want to interface, then let's create those bodies of interface so that Asian women and black women and white women can find the common denominator of where they share the same issues and come to understand where there are substantial differences and rather than trying to break into a particular group's uh, activity is to find out well how can I support what you're doing and then vice versa we can support each other in ways that will fundamental strengthen our standing um, within the the reality of where we are right now. So it's just a, a thought that came to me as a consequence of looking at these engagements on TikTok. The other thing that I uh, discovered and I'm not particularly recommending TikTok. I'm, like I said, I'm not on it. But <clears throat> I found it really interesting to see how authentic it is. Right or wrong, insane or elevated, people are pretty authentic about what they think and what they believe and what they recommend to each other. And it occurred to me that in a society within which people are isolated from each other for so many reasons that this platform does serve a purpose of 
being able to tap back into humanity in a way that's authentic. I'm not saying it's always good. In fact, a lot of it is horrible. But it's real. And I find that really interesting to be able to see straight up raw racism. To see someone in their rage with their eyes bulging and spewing hate is rather interesting to see because it's so not real. It's not real in the sense that it says anything about me or about the people I consider to be my loved ones. It What it really reflects is the individual that is speaking and it allows me to have insight into that state. I was going to say mind state, but it's not fully a mind state. It's more visceral than that. It's something that reaches into ancient, inherited belief systems and ancient, inherited fears and ancient, inherited lies. And this is something that can be seen on all sides of the coin. This presumption of, well, I know, and because I'm right and I'm better, I can tell you how you should be living your life. So it doesn't really work. Nobody's being told what to do. But it's just interesting to see the raw truth of what the sentiment is and how emotional it is. I mean, people cry and tremble and um, scream and, you know, about what they consider to be some injustice that justifies their judgment or hate. It's just really interesting to see what it does in the physical body and how it triggers the mental body. It's almost as if the mind, the discerning mind, the perceptive mind vanishes and this ancient energy finds a place in this person and gets expressed through their words and their emotions and their interaction with each other. So you could see the more raw consequence of what I was speaking of a moment earlier about the power base feeding notions into people that stew in these ideologies and grow into adult purveyors of that hostility. So I'm just observing. But what's really interesting, though, is as I've been watching these interactions, I see so much compassion and beauty and real honest engagement of people interacting with each other in a way that doesn't happen face to face. So there's the negative toxicity of it. But there's something also that is positive in that 
people can challenge each other in ways that would be too rough for polite society. And when I look at polite society, I realize how constricting that is to the point of um, canceling people and, um, you know, dragging people and can um, censoring people over what they think, which to me is a far less less healthy situation, and it's unhealthy because it creates an environment in which a greater part of the population can have their psyches stewed in this toxic milieu, and it just contributes to greater and greater incidents of potential conflict and a level of conflict that can embroil the whole world into it. And that's what I see happening in Europe at the moment where we're steadily being shifted into reconciling the idea and accepting the idea that a war at this level of time of weaponry is survivable. So I think we need that one-on-one interaction, be it toxic or not, to be able to work through with each other and discern whom we resonate with, whom we truly resonate with, instead of, for me, still coming from the lens of a black woman in a brown body. When I look at the representatives in state politics or national politics, I see people who have been co-opted to behave in ways that are not in my best interest, be they black, white, Latina, Indian, Arab, whatever they might be. There might be some shades of agreement, but when it comes down to the actual behavior of lawmaking, of budgeting, they're not acting in the interest of the people they claim to serve. But if we allow the siloing of the public according to these somewhat toxically narrow ideologies, it continues to perpetuate the situation we're in. So just some thoughts about where we are and um, why it's important for us to, everyone, maybe take a step back and listen and attempt to hear what each other are saying, whether we disagree or agree, and begin to look some steps forward into what a particular ideology or belief system will lead us to. And we can begin as individuals to be a diplomat in our own behalf, on behalf of our families, our communities, 
and make decisions that are going to impact our lives and our world community in a way that is much healthier than what we see at the moment. So we have to stop, in essence, hating on other people to the extent that we would destroy ourselves to ensure their destruction. It's not a win situation, in the least. So, I'm going to open this up to your thoughts and input. Um, I feel that it's really important that we have open lines as often as we can. And I try to do that on a regular basis. And I am going to play a bit of music and see if you have um, anything interesting to share. And even if it's not interesting, that's okay. At least I'll hear out some of it. Community. This is my act calling from the uh, cold. Uh, I appreciate your thoughts. I w- at the same time, I was doing an email and I was sharing some of my concerns about a culture at BAI where uh, we seem to be enveloped in the digital world to the extent that we don't talk to each other and thus resolving and solving problems becomes problematic. The voice is very revealing um, in terms of um, mood and all kinds of things. Uh, Professor Sherry Tuttle, if she's still at MIT, has done done a number of books, The Art of Conversation, et cetera, et cetera, where she goes into that we're losing it in terms of connecting and even uh, being able to tune into people's moods. I mean, your closest friends seem to prefer a text or an email than picking up the male GD phone, as it were. One of the things that I'd like to share, if this is a good time, is a secular poem that I had been sharing before the pandemic, certainly, with a, a particular housing outfit. 
and I haven't been there in a few years now, but I thought about it. And it comes from a book called uh, Prayers of the Cosmos. And there's a little story. When I had moved to Montreal, was new, uh, went into a used bookstore, and there was, uh, you know, one clerk downstairs, and it was a second floor. And I went up to the second floor with nobody following me or nervous or concerned that I was going to steal like uh, used to happen in my uh, neighborhood on the Upper West Side. Uh, if uh, it's, it's not officially long, and of course, as a night owl, I'm fading away a bit here. But is it okay if I if I share that to uh, for the uh, 2023 to the community from Prayers of the Cosmos? And I've added uh, some of my own flourishes, as as it were, and it was translated from the Aramaic, so it's quite unique. The author is Douglas. Neil Douglas, uh, what is it? Uh, I think it's Douglas Neil Clotz, K-L-O-T-Z. Yes, please do. Okay. <clears throat> oh, great Bertha, Mother, Father of the Cosmos, focus your light within us. Your one desire, uh, focus your light within us. No, not cast status-coded white. As in all light, so in all forms, create your reign of unity now. Your reign of unity now, reign of unity. Grant what we need each day in bread and insight. Loose the cords of mistakes and BS. Loose the cords of mistakes and being uh, holding us back. As we release the strands of others' guilt, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, um, from you comes all ruling will. You, goddess, divine, intelligent source, quantum field, Zen's beginner's mind, the Tao comes what beautifies it all. The voices, music, songs, sounds, healing sounds, anyone for tuning forks or singing bowls, comes all ruling will, the beauty, the, the power and life and breath that beautifies it all. Truly, power to these statements may be the ground from which all my intentions, thoughts, and actions grow. From the prayers of the cosmos with, with uh, some, some flourishes there. All right. Thank you. Thank Catherine. you. All right. Thank you. We have another caller standing by. Hello. You're on the air. Okay. Um... Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you now. Good. Okay. So that was a lovely historical um, quote from ages ago of, uh, of people who are, um, <clears throat> well, it sounded like, at least on my agenda, was trying to improve the world from 
what we have mostly, which is personal touch with one other person. And it really came, it really came from your point earlier in your in your uh, opening or something around 11:25, I guess. Um, about just that. So basically, I was going to echo that. And and then I thought of one other thing to say, which is that since I'm an artist, I, I think art centristly. So I think that it's the artist's job to be putting out the moody, um, un, almost undecipherable messages that are not allowed in the black and white print in order to steer society, steer society back to a survivable, loving environment. Mm -hmm. Period. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. All right. Wonderful show. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. That was two lovely calls. This program is Heart of Mind Radio for the New Millennium. I'm Catherine Davis. And just as we need to support each other in our lives, we need to support the platform that makes it possible for us to have a conversation aside of the mainstream narratives that are propagated so much within the mainstream media. You may love us. There may be times when you're yelling at the radio because you disagree, but you want the ability to be able to do that. Uplift, challenge, and build new ways forward. And I think, from my vantage point, is the best of what this has to offer. So please do consider making a donation. And you can go to the website itself and find all of these things, all of these ways to engage and contribute. You'll find the archive where you can go back and catch up on missed shows or on shows that you didn't even know were there. And you can find out what's happening on all levels here. So I want to thank you for that consideration. I'm going to play a little bit more music. Oh, I have some calls coming in. How lovely. So let me put on a little music, and then I'll try to answer some phones.
Okay, so it looks like we have a number of calls holding on. So I'll ask everyone to be as brief as possible so that we can get in all the calls before we run out of time. Hello, you're on the air. Please speak up. I can't hear you too well. Oh, good morning. This is Mercedes from Brooklyn. Welcome. Hi. Um, I just caught a bit of it, so I guess the topic has to do with racism. Um, I have been in healthcare for over 45 years, and a group of us met recently, and we were observing a certain uh, habit, and we concluded that racism is really a matter of the mind. Why? You have people come in who they don't want any black nurse taking care of them. However, if they're having a heart attack or they begin to hemorrhage in there, they don't care what color you are, you know? Or if they need a blood transfusion, we have never heard a parent saying, don't bring any blood from any black person from, from my child. Or even the actual um, adult patient saying, don't give me any blood from any black child. I want to look at that bag to make sure it's not a black person. So it's an issue of the mind and the will to acknowledge the humanity of all persons. So I just wanted to share that with you, that that's what we observe in health care. People come out very clearly and say, I don't want that black nurse inside there or that Indian nurse in here. But let them have a little emergency on the same bed. They could not care if it's a roach, a rat, whoever comes in, save me. So it's a matter of a mind that is unhealthy. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Thank you. And we're going to go to our next caller. Hello, you're on the air. Can you hear me? I hear you. Okay. Um, I've been, I'm uh, 83 years old. And I'm an old BAI listener from years ago. I've been listening to you for years. And um, I really need your help <laughs> at this point because what I'm going to say sounds, it's not politically correct. But I'm going through something. Um, I've, I have lived in a low-cost senior building for 10 years now. And... It's run by the New York Foundation for Senior Citizens. They have many buildings throughout the, the city and the boroughs. They're federally funded. And they have been, uh, Chinatown is being gentrified, and they're taking only Chinese people. Um, my building is, over half my building is Chinese. They're not American citizens. They're brought here by their children. They don't speak a word of English. The management is Chinese. All their buildings are Chinese now. There's one building in the Bronx which is Spanish, but these are older people, and when they die, it's going to be totally Chinese. All their buildings are Chinese. I don't know what to do. I've become prejudiced. I, I I just don't know what to do. Um, I'm just telling you that I'm going through something that I never thought I would I would have to admit to. This is what's happening, and they they have all um, 
That, that's it. I, I just want to put it out there. That's what's happening. And I don't think anyone knows about this. They're not taking any black people, only Chinese. And they, they talk to each other. They don't, they don't, you know, they all talk to each other because they all speak Chinese. Uh, help. I, I really, I need your help. I don't know what to do. Um, oh, well, that's a big uh, thing to <laughs> discuss. If you want to call after the show, I can take down your info and we can talk offline. Oh, thank you. Yes. Okay. I, okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm actually not sure how to answer that question, but it's an interesting no, problem. No, it's not, it's not a politically correct uh, thing to, to bring up, mm-hmm. but I, I have become prejudiced. And I'm upset with myself because I had nothing. I'm an artist, and I love Chinese art. I have, I've never had anything against Chinese people. Okay, i got to run. I'm out of time. Okay, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Let's take the next call, if you can get in. Hello? Yes. Good afternoon. I understand how she feels. I've, I was taught one time, if you learn how to say I love you in another language, which in Chinese is what I need. You'll find a way to communicate with something there, but I think you need to talk to her and seem kind of unfair to um, have a building where there's only one group of people. But that's not why I called. I have another concern. Um, my name is Sister Ali. Peace be upon you. I'm a Muslim sister, and I appreciate everything going on on all the groups and the movements that are you know, leading us toward... I'm going to have to go to the news. Uh, please, um, sorry, but try to come to your point so that I don't cut you okay, off. Okay, I tell. Earlier, in, uh, I got a report here in Brooklyn that the first snow in the Sierras, um, which will give water to California in the spring when it melts, was pink. And I don't know if the Defense Department is making a joke of cold pink. Since then, there's been an enormous amount of snow, 200, 300, and more inches in other places. But when that melts underneath the snow, that's pink. And I'd like to know what's in it because it's going to go into the reservoirs of California and on their agriculture. And we cannot move forward as a people toward anything unless we're healthy. Okay. And there's lots of attacks on our health and our well-being whether it's water, air, or the food we eat, et cetera. And we've got to, you know, make that a priority. Okay, thank you. I'm sorry. I have to to run to the news, but thank you so much. Okay, Mm -hmm. bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you so much, and uh, forgive me for that. Sulfide mine, 20 years here, then you leave it behind. We don't want your acid brine seeping in the river, noxious wine. Short term job creation, long term devastation. Don't want your pollution crime, we don't want your mind. We don't want your mind. We don't want your mind. We don't want Your company wish Pretty plants served on a copper dish What do we have when you finish 
of rice and poison fish Pocket profit and your gone first class We get a toxic drinking glass Bottom line's a dollar sign We don't want your mind 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 Rain falls on the ground Ground water flowing down Simple lesson science fair Water goes back in the air Put in the water what you made You breathe it in some other day Drinking a well, wish and dream Precious water, precious water Living stream We don't want your careless plan Creeping in this forest land Clean water we demand we don't want your helping hand, your economic contribution. Don't want your noise pollution in our ancient pine. We don't want your mind. 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 Rain falls on the ground, ground water flowing down. Simple lesson, science fair Water goes back in the air Put in the water what you made You breathe it in some other day Drinking a well, wish and dream Precious water, precious water Living stream We don't want your sulfide mine Twenty years here, then you leave it behind we don't want your acid brine Seeping in the river's noxious wine Short-term job creation Long-term devastation Don't want your pollution crime We don't want your mind 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 Precious water Precious water Precious water, precious water, living stream.